0: we decided to create our own CMS, which was API First. We've been using traditional CMSs for years, and all of the CMSs we were using were open source. So it was just a no-brainer for us to build an open source headless CMS. I truly believe that not only the CMS industry, but the entire website creation industry is completely shifting to the Jamstack, and
1: I think it's only the beginning of the journey Hi Brian, thanks a lot uh, for welcoming me today. I understand that Strapi is basically open source, but can you like expound on like the history of it and how we got to there?
0: Yeah, sure. So the name Strapi comes from Bootstrap Your API. So at Strapi, everything is about API. So Strapi is a headless CMS, um, but the main things about Strapi is that Strapi is completely open source. So you can host it on your own servers, and you can customize it according to your needs. So we actually started Stripe in twenty fifteen. We were students, and um, we worked as freelance developers uh, on our part, on our side time, and um, we did a lot of projects, a lot of websites uh, using traditional CMSs. But when we had to do a mobile application or a website using modern technologies, uh, so it was Angular at the time, and uh, React was uh, just a, a brand new framework, And, you know, all of these technologies were not compatible with the traditional CMSs. So we were stacked because we couldn't find a great fit uh, between these technologies. So we decided to create our own CMS, which was API first. So we weren't talking uh, about Headless CMS at the time, but we just created it because we needed something like this. And at the end of 2015, we just say, We are probably not uh, the only one having this need, so we decided to publish it on uh, GitHub. And we could have bought a, a SaaS, but for us, we've been using traditional CMSs for years. And all of the uh, CMSs we were using were, were open source. So it was just a no-brainer for us uh, to build an open source headless CMS. So that's why we decided to, to publish it on GitHub. And uh, we started having uh, some users. And, and so it was extremely exciting because we were still students. And at the end of university, we decided to create a company behind the open source project and to switch full-time on the
1: project. And that was the real beginning of the story. Excellent. So you had mentioned about Angular and like the the whole sort of ecosystem around JavaScript at that time, because I remember that time. That's actually when I first started really doing JavaScript pretty seriously as far as an engineer. Like I before I used to be like a copy and paster and drop in like jQuery uh, snippets and stuff like that. And like I did work at a company that I, I worked on Angular full time, but I did not know what I was doing. It was more of like copy and pasting from Stack Overflow and good projects that were out there. So I'm curious of like you mentioned that you started this when you were a student and you were looking to solve problems getting projects up and running so how was like the adoption at this point like did you see once you open source it that people just start jumping to it or how did you actually get people to know about strappy yeah so we started a few posts on reddit uh,
0: to make the project a, a little bit more famous than it was and uh, so we had a uh, feedback about uh, about the product about the uh, the need so it was extremely helpful. It was absolutely not the traction we have today, but still, it was really important to, to get some feedback. And then we started publishing tutorials, and it's really boosted our um, our adoption. So we really started uh, at the beginning of twenty seventeen to publish lots of tutorials, and it's still our um, number one growth strategy. Uh, so we publish a lot of tutorials. Um, so, for example, how to build a blog with Stripey and Next.js, for example. So we do a lot of tutorials with complementary technologies.
1: Yeah, and it could not be understated enough that, like, introductory into like new projects or new technologies, hands down, tutorials and like actual explanation uh, outside of just standard documentation is it's how I actually learn things. Like, if I can't find an example of how to get something accomplished. Uh, and like the way I want to get it accomplished, I can sort of pick and piece stuff through the documentation. But like being able to see how to do something either the X way or the Y way or the Z way, like that's definitely super helpful. So I'm curious of what are different things that people use Strappy to build with today.
0: Yeah, it's extremely important to bring the developer to what is this tool to the wow uh, moment, and as a developer, it's really important to to be able to see the value of the, of the project uh, very quickly. And so regarding projects uh, which are made with Strapi, so we have uh, some main use cases. Um, so the first one is a corporate websites. We also have a lot of uh, editorial websites and a lot of e-commerce websites. But we also have some uh, mobile applications projects and even IoT. Uh, So for example, the MIT decided to create a a connected object, which is in the street. And in case of an earthquake, the connected object is going to spread a message in the street. And this message comes from Strapi. So we have lots of use cases. And it's really impressive how the headless approach brings new possibilities to project.
1: Yeah. So like the the kind of content that I like to write and the the help other developers, it's really around how many seconds does it take to get to actually using a product or using this feature or using this like library. So if I can get someone unblocked or get myself unblocked if I get stuck again like Google and find my blog post again, like I wanna be the quickest as possible. So like I tend to always build templates and like starter projects to get myself unblocked uh, rather quickly when I use the product again. So it sounds like Strappy's doing that pretty well where you have those examples where I can just like either clone or copy and paste and then like at least get myself with something usable as opposed to spending half a day working on something and trying to make it like bend it to my my will. Yeah. So I'm I'm super appreciative. I'm actually I'm looking at the uh the documentation now and some of the links as well. So and super impressed too to see a couple big names as well who are using Strappy. We talked about the open source side, but I'm also curious around the actual product side and like that transition and how that sort of worked getting there, but also how it works today.
0: Yeah. So lots of companies are using Strapi. So uh, regarding the onboarding, we really try to focus on this because, you know, the JAMstack brings a lot of advantages, but uh, it also brings a lot of complexity. If you compare to something like WordPress, because you have to build the own thing, you have to build the front end, you have to, to connect to the CMS to configure the CMS. So it's a lot of work. And because Strapi is open source, you also have to install Node. uh, So to configure uh, your server, your computer. So we really try to focus on the onboarding part. And typically this year we decided to publish some starters so that way you can get up and running with the front-end and the strategy project. So this is something we really try to focus on. And I'm sure it's uh, something which is just dras- going to be drastically improved in the next few years in the JAMstack ecosystem, because now you have lots of different components. Uh, so you have the front-end, you have the hosting for the front end, you have uh, maybe the e-commerce platform, you have the CMS. And um, I think all of these different components have different values, so I'm not sure it's going to, to be compiled in only one solution, but the more integration there are in, between all of the solution, the better it will be for our users.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious. I mean, I, I perhaps you have like a biased opinion on this because you're you're running a a, a company slash project that's powering APIs and and content management. But I'm curious of like the outlook of of that that actual piece that you were talking about, where we have the different components and they're all in the different areas. So in my mind, I like having separation because then I can focus on the front end and do that really well at that time, and then focus on the back end and do that really well at that time. So. I'm curious, like the adoption for Strappy. like you, you have, to, IBM's a big name, like they've been around for years, even before tech was tech. But I'm curious of like adoption conversations, like are you having these positive conversations? Are people still sort of on the fence on using something like a Strappy to actually power some of their content? Yeah, so they decide to choose Strapi uh,
0: most of the time because they want to build a mobile application so it's not compatible with our traditional CMSs or because they want to use a modern technology for their front end, typically such as React or, or, or Vue.js. And when they have to make this choice, there are a bunch of different options, but they really want to have something which is uh, customizable, self-hosted, flexible. So that's why um, some of them decide to use Trapi. Yeah, in, uh, in general, I also think it's important to keep things separated, but I also think it's our responsibility to make the usage from the front end easier. So just to give an example, we decided to develop a plugin for Gatsby. So as you Probably know Gatsby is based on a data source system, and to get data from a specific source, you have to develop a Gatsby source plugin. So that's why we decided to do with um, Gatsby, and it definitely helps our users to to make the bridge between the front end and the um, and the CMS. And this is also true for all of the potential uh, complementary uh, integrations. And um, I think. Integration is kind of the new plugin. So, you know, in traditional CMSs, you had lots of plugins. But and I think most of the plugins now uh, for headless CMSs will be about uh, making integrations. So, for example, if you want to manage your content in a headless CMS and you want to synchronize it in Algoria you don't want to build your own uh, synchronization software. Yeah. You want uh, to, to install a plugin or enable an integration. And I think it's definitely the future of headless CMSs. It's really about integrating your solution to as many software as possible. And this is something we really want to focus on at Stripey because if you take a look at WordPress, for, for example, uh, what made the success of WordPress is not WordPress itself, but it's really the ecosystem of plugin around it. So we already have a plugin system in Strapi. We are going to drastically improve it to offer to anyone the possibility to develop their own plugin, to share it on the marketplace, and to download plugins from other people. So I think that's a, a very good way to to create bridges with uh, with uh, solutions in the Jamstack ecosystem. And at the same time, it, it keeps things separated. We don't intend to become a search engine. Uh, Algolia or Elastic will, 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 will be will be better than us uh, at this, for sure. Yes, But uh, I think it's our uh, own responsibility to, to create these integrations uh, with uh, all of this software.
1: Yeah, and it's very uh, observing to see that you, you have an integration platform or ecosystem. Gatsby has a plugin ecosystem, And then we have like Algolia has them. Like Netlify just announced theirs as well. Uh, Just they unveiled a bunch of new plugins for their ecosystem. So like being able to integrate different pieces and have those bridges between things like Strapi or like an Algolia, it's definitely helping. And it's definitely helping like further the sort of adoption of this, I guess, the separation of these concerns. So yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of these integration platforms, and I'm curious of. How the Strapi integrations, how they they work or will work? Uh, are these just open source libraries on NPM that we just plug in? Or is there a template, is there an SDK that I should be looking out for?
0: Yeah, so most of the integrations are published on NPM. They are available on GitHub. So we maintain a few integrations, but uh, the community developed a lot of them. So just to give an example for the uh, most famous use case we have at the moment. So in Headless CMS, you can upload files. And because Strapi is open source, by default, the files are uploaded on the server which is running Strapi. But it doesn't scale really well because you, you, you would definitely prefer to upload your assets on a storage provider such as Cloudinary or s 3 So we did this integration system. And um, currently, we do maintain the integrations with s 3 and Cloudinary. But we have lots of contributions for the community uh, on desk plugins, and also some people uh, decided to publish plugins, for example, to upload on a, on the Azure. Is that just an example?
1: Yeah. So I'm curious, like when I think of like headless CMSs, and like the listeners are very, I, they should be familiar with headless CMSs if, if you listen to most of the episodes of Jamstack Radio. Like we've had Contentful on, and a few others too as well. So I'm curious of how you sort of. Align, compete, uh, compare to some of the other ones that are out there. Contentful being the one that I have most familiarity with. uh, I know Sanity is a little more bells and whistles out of the box. So, Sanity is like more of like your web flow where you have all the pieces directly in the UI and you're just using an SDK to then present that and react. But then, like with Contentful, it does have a little extra bells and whistles with their SDK, but also still similar where you spend most of your time on the UI. So, with Strappy, how do you compare to sort of that experience? Yeah. So the main difference is that only Stripe
0: is completely open source. And that's a very big advantage because most of the big companies still want to host their CMS on their server. And that's mostly for data privacy reasons. And it's extremely important. So for example, IBM, the NASA, uh, all of these companies are using Strapi because they want to host on their servers. It's extremely important for them. And the thing on thing is really about the flexibility. So Strapi is com- completely customizable, uh, thanks to the plugin system. But you can also, uh, for example, override any API endpoint. You can update anything in the admin panel. So. You are completely free. You are not locked in a specific system. And also, the content structure in Strapi is um, extremely flexible because if you are building, for example, a corporate website and you are building the home page, and on the home page you have a tagline and then you have a list of testimonials and then you have a description and, less, and then a slider, you know, you can land with a very complex data structure. And this is something we really focused on uh, with Strapi. And we, for example, we introduced the concept of components in the CMS, which means you can create a slider component and you will have the possibility to reuse this component across different content types. And we also introduced the Dynamics Zone concept, which means you can create a new page and actually define this structure on the fly. So, you know... When you create a page, it doesn't necessarily have the same structure as another one. But thanks to the dynamic zones, you can really create the content on the fly, and it gives you a lots of flexibility.
1: Oh, that's excellent. And I'm, I'm curious, too, uh, on that, that I guess, thought process of being open source. So I think it's actually truly powerful, too, as well, that having... Me being able to see what Strappy is all about by just looking at GitHub is really awesome. Uh, I'm curious of like how licensing works. And like you do have a paid version, uh, which I believe is the hosted version. How does that also compare to the, the open sources, the paid version, also the open source version?
0: So Strappy is completely free under the MIT license. And at the moment, we don't have any business model. But... We are going to introduce the first paid features this year through an enterprise edition. And this enterprise edition will be an extension of the community edition. And it will include enterprise features, such as world-based access control or single sign-on. And so it is still self-hosted. So we we won't host uh, this version at the beginning. And that's why it is only our first business model. But in the next few years, we will also introduce a hosted version of Strapi to make the onboarding and the infrastructure management extremely easy for our users. So it's not a focus at the moment. We have lots of competitors doing this very well, but uh, it's definitely something we plan to do in the future. Excellent.
1: Yeah, it's good to know. Yes, for some reason, I thought I saw the... I saw there was a paid version, but maybe I was looking at another.
0: Uh, actually, we already have an enterprise page on our website. Okay. Uh, because we have lots of requests for all of these features, gotcha. and uh, we start selling it, even if the first feature is still in their development. But it would be probably available in July or August this year.
1: Okay, excellent. Oh, even putting a date on it, too, as well. But yeah, so I guess I wasn't mistaken. Uh, but I'm curious... Between the community edition and uh, I guess the future enterprise edition, I'm sure you have employees, and maybe you're still still Strappy, I guess, uh, at the moment. Uh, and uh, but I'm curious of how much you get as far as open source contribution versus people who are funded by Strappy uh, to work on it.
0: Yeah, so we have more than 400 contributors who contributed from the beginning of the project, and. Uh, I would say that in every, every release, we have between 25% and 50% of pull requests from our users. To be honest, most of the code is, I mean, if you take the number of lines of code, it's obviously mostly from the core team. But yeah, we, we really have a lot of contribution and uh, this is something we really want to do more. So we just hired a product manager uh, in July and his role will be to, Kind of enable uh, the pull request from the community. So this is something we really want to embrace, and we also want to uh, anticipate all of the design, all of the design specs, so anyone in the community can contribute uh, on very important feature. So that's something we we really want to do more.
1: Excellent. This is pretty enlightening. I've been working on a project. I've been working on a couple projects where I've sort of this. Not really address the idea of having an API or even a database or powering the project or other things. And um, I tend to try to use the the path of least contention when approaching the solve of problems because I tend to not want to have something that's being longstanding and dependent on me updating it. So, like if I can get started with an API rather quickly, um, I'm a big fan. And if I can get started with an API rather quickly that I know 400 or 500 contributors. If there are that many people who have eyes on something, I have way more confidence in that if I choose a solution, that at least it will continue to move forward even without me paying attention, Um, which I, I love paying attention to open source. I love contributing back, but there's always some projects where they just sort of sit on the sidelines for a bit.
0: Yeah, and the, the project uh, just reached uh, 25,000 stars on GitHub. Nice. So you're definitely not alone. You, I mean, the project is used in production. It was still in beta until uh, last month, but we just released the stable version, so you can use it with confidence. And um, it shouldn't cost you a lot because you, you can host it uh, just for free on uh, Heroku, for example. Yeah. So yeah, feel free to, to give it a try.
1: Excellent. Yeah, well, you're about to get 25,001 stars because I'm about to hit the star start button on the project. Uh, But with that being said, I appreciate you coming on and chatting about Strappy and talking about the open source story as well. Is there anything else you want to add before we transition the picks? Yeah, so um, just... Maybe with the Jamstack, I truly believe that
0: not only the CMS industry, but the entire website creation industry is completely shifting to to the Jamstack. And I think it's only the beginning of the journey. Uh, There is still a lot of complexity in the stack now, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be really improved
1: in the next few years. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Super excited. So, with that being said, I'm going to transition us to the picks. These are jam picks, things that we're jamming on, per se. Uh, it could be movie, food, technology, could be a library you just used. So, I'm going to go first, if you don't mind, and uh, share my picks. My first pick is actually the Marshall Project. So, in the US, we've got some systematic issues. And, like if you're following the news at all in the last six months, like in the US, it's been kind of crazy. But, um, I wanted to highlight a non-political focused charitable organization, basically is what I'm getting at, and uh, it's called the Marshall Project, and they're focused around actually getting technology into prisons and actually teaching them for the better. Um, so you're able to walk away with skills. They're nonpartisan, non-political. They're just really focused on education. So I'm a big fan of all those three things, and uh, so I highly recommend if you have some time, check out themarshallproject.org and see if it's something that you want to you want to help support as well. And then my second pick, not as a deep pick, but uh, it's going to be OneGraph, which is a platform for co locating all your third party GraphQL APIs. So we have like Spotify, GitHub, et cetera, et cetera. You can put it all in one, one bucket and this authenticate in the OneGraph. And I've been using it to actually power one of my side projects, which is open source, which I literally just mentioned last episode as well. But it's actually been super useful because I, I just recently adopted a second API, which is Netlify's API. Uh, as part of OneGraph. Actually, it's a third. Uh, Twitch is another one that I've been using. So I'm actually starting to see the power of actually using something like OneGraph to be able to co-locate some of that data. Data that I don't own. Well, I own the data because it's my accounts, but I don't want to spend the time putting together all this entire API and GraphQL endpoints to make sure all my data is in the right place for my application. Um, so, big fan. Also, episode 39, they were on, so take a listen to that as well. So, Pierre, do you have any, any picks? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I really believe in one graph. I think
0: they are doing a, a very good job at merging all of the different GraphQL APIs. And uh, that's probably part of, of the future of Jamstack um, to, to be able to to request uh, the content from only one uh, single endpoint. And so regarding the peak, uh, I think the past few months uh, have been really crazy. And uh, what is happening also in the US now is uh, uh, very impressive. And I think we really have
1: to learn from what happened in the past uh, to, to build a better future. Yeah, I could not agree more. And uh, I would also just echo that too, as well. Like, if you are on Twitter and you happen to follow maybe only React developers or maybe only Angular developers, and this is like maybe this analogy is not apt or very consistent, but you should follow people who are less like you uh, because that helps grow. And I think things like Strappy is a good example of that, where we could take a, a solution of maybe a problem that we already been, it's already been solved, but the fact that you're still solving the problem is this testament that you know tech is never finished. Like we're never feature complete, and the world is never feature complete. So uh, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate you coming on, talking about Strappy, and talking about the Jamstack, and best of luck with the uh, with the project. And listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio.